The human male never seems to progress past adolescence. Welcome to the Comic Trove. We're in a small room, or are we halfway there? Oh, living on a prayer. Take my hand, Amos. I'll make it. I swear. We're halfway there. Oh, through the movies. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was, I was sitting here, and I'm like, all right, he's taking a Bon Jovi uh, direction with this. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, it's a Star Wars episode. I don't know what the connection is there. Nope. But actually, not a lot of people know this, but John Williams is just a pseudonym for John Bon Jovi, yep. who wrote the entire soundtrack to Star Wars. God, so meta, right? Comic trope is usually about comic books, and I, me, Blake, invite people that I know, like Amos, say hello, Amos. Hi! You're amazing, Amos. And sometimes people I don't know, like Mike. Hey, guys! So Mike and Amos used to have a radio show together when they were in college 37 years ago. Low, so many years old. Not really. They're they're still spry twenty year olds. What? No, no. I don't know. I, I don't know where I'm going with this. So, what was the uh, what was the name of the uh, what was the name of the? Uh, it's called the Big Show. Radio Show. You did. Yeah, we named it after the wrestler, the, the Big, Big show. show. We just yeah. really liked his intro theme, so yeah. we co opted that completely. Okay, this is probably illegal. Yeah, Vince McMahon's going to come after us now. <laughs> Fair use. Listen, you little sons of bitches. Does he talk that way? I have no yeah, idea how Vince McMahon talks. So. Uh, but today, tonight, this evening, this morning. Right now, in fact. Right now, or any time, you know, it matters when the listeners are listening to I guess to that's this. true. You can't really say, like. Right now is relative. So um, at 7.36 p.m., on Sunday, April 30th? Don't give... A, and now everyone's going to know how lazy I am that I never get around to editing this. Oh, we usually uh, talk about comics, but we're not. We're going to talk about The Clone Wars, which is your favorite movie, right? Uh, we're going to talk about Attack of the Clones. <laughs> oh, damn it. Yeah, Clone, Wars? Clone Wars is a different thing. It's is a it cartoon. a show? It's a it's TV both, show. It's both a cartoon movie and a TV show. Is it also a play? You know what? Why not? It's let's, a musical. Let's see if... Um, I forgot his name. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yes. Yes, Lin Manuel Miranda. Is he the guy <laughs> who did the president rap? Yeah, um, he did president. Show. Well, I guess he technically he did. Not tre- quite a president, right? He did treasury secretary rap. <laughs> oh, that's right. He was a treasurer of secretaries. <laughs> he was a treasurer of secretaries. No, like a lot of Canadians. So <laughs> no, 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 his version of U.S. history. I thought is that like secretary like is like I the treasure pe- you. Yeah, the people that they like the most <laughs> get on the money in America. You the treasure you so well. Yeah, they like treasure the secretaries, and then the secretaries get on the bills. Yeah, all of them. See, it's easy. In Canada, we just put queens and animals. And hockey players. <laughs> this is land of opportunity. Okay. <laughs> We've had the Bill so of Rights for true. more like, than 30 years. If you think burn. about it, like America... Canada burn. <laughs> we think that secretaries are so important that they need to be on dollar bills. So, good on you. Loonies and toonies. You've got a goose on that thing. Who can? You don't like geese? Yeah, I do, but I don't like loonies and toonies because my wallet was so full of coins. Oh, because you're rolling deep? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, no, because $5 weighs if like If you think five that's weird, try Canada. going to like a gentleman's club. Duh. Are you, yeah. Is it throwing coins mostly? No, no, no. Usually they give you like fake paper money. <laughs> that's <laughs> Vouchers. weird. Why don't they just <laughs> convert? 
They give you vouchers. It is weird. <laughs> Why don't they just how convert very Canadian? <laughs> it's what's weird oh, is like just give her a voucher. how polite everyone it's like is. Like the fire festival. Like, um, oh, thank you so much for the dollar. Like, you don't need to <laughs> tell me that you're dancing. This is amazing. Like, you no, don't thank have you. to. You know, I I imagine Canadians don't go to strip clubs because it's a little no, indecent and impolite. It is true. The strip clubs come to you, <laughs> or it's, or it's inconvenient. Canada yeah. is amazing. Uh, it's actually there are no strip clubs in Canada. It's just like geese, beavers, and bears, and you go and watch <laughs> them dance, and it's very inclusive. I would love to watch beavers dance. Have you ever gone to like a um, anywhere with? Any pizza place for children with animatronic bears? Oh yeah, do. it's like that, is that in Canada. A ca- a but they're real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chuck e. Cheese in Canada is a rat that they gave some kind of weird growth hormone to, and he grew to be seven feet tall. You want some pizza? <laughs> he can speak. Yeah, but he has to speak English and French. Yeah, it's usually <laughs> French first. <laughs> you know the real the real kicker of this whole thing is that he's bilingual. <laughs> I, can, I cannot understand what you're saying. I said you're the real the real kicker of this whole thing is that he's bilingual. Yeah. Oh my God! So we're talking about Star Wars Episode Two tonight, which I didn't like or understand or understand. I'm gonna put that up front. I've little... got a bunch of notes. I I even usually try to. Um, Usher the conversation in some like direction because I understand. Can you play some Usher like behind me? Yes. <laughs> cool. Like, because I usually understand the plot well enough to be like, now I want to talk about this. I don't know what happened other than cool. a whiny Anakin, a deadpan Padam, Padamop canal, <laughs> whatever her name is. Padawa? Deadpan Padamop. Yeah. Um, but Obi Wan was good. But, anyways, before we get into that, <laughs> Star Wars Episode 2, Obi Wan was good. Let's do a Hothbreaker. <laughs> Wait, no, that's a Wookiee. Uh, what sound does the Wampa make? Good enough. Yeah, I could do a Tauntaun sound. Although Dave does a really good Tauntaun sound, mm, I think. He does. He's really good at it. But they also sound a lot like the scanning droids. Yeah, the probe droid. Yeah. (laughs) Did you guys do all of the... uh, We were negative two years old, but... uh, when that one came out, we took industrial minute, light. You magic. guys were out when the oh, no, episode we two out. came out. <laughs> we were out of the womb. <laughs> out, out of the womb. Well, I was talking about you know Hoth is in Empire Strikes Back. Oh, that's true. There's yeah. no Hoth. That was before I was born. Anyway, would you rather? Wait, how do you pronounce her name? My name? Her name? Padme. Oh, Padme. Well, you can call her Padme or Amidala. And okay. We suspect her name might be Padme Amidala. Okay. But we haven't looked it up. Would you rather have to introduce? <laughs> What's her name again? Padme Abdamuala? We'll go with it. Sure. We would know you, who you're talking about. Would you rather have to always introduce her in her full name and title to people? Like, that's your job. You introduce her. Okay, you're her crier. Herald. You you're her herald. Just like uh, um, Silver Surfer. Yes. Yeah. Two, would you like to be the political advisor for Jar Jar Banks? Or three... You have to sit down and at length talk about Anakin Skywalker's dreams and like kind of be his therapist. psychologist yeah. therapist. So you're either a close professional connection to Queen Amidala, Anakin Skywalker, or Jar Jar Binks. Yep. That's really easy because Jar Jar <laughs> is incredible. Well, Jar Jar and Anakin are incredibly obnoxious. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Amidala is just kind of. 
Yeah, but you have to actually know where a she's robot. from, know her real name. Well, so I, I think I think I can handle it. I think really? I can get there. Could you handle it right now for well, the listeners? Let's well, do it. No, because I haven't looked it. it up. No, you haven't. No, seen so it. like how you would present her to court? Like right now. Yes, you're now like presenting her royal magisterial senator popping the mic all over the place. Queen Padme Amidala the first long may she reign. Senator from Se- also Senator from Naboo. Okay, that wasn't that bad. Thank you. Except I think they'd kill you. <laughs> Naboo Naboo seems like a very uh woke kind of planet, but uh Palpatine is from there, so all bets are off. I don't know. Also Jar Jar is from there. There's a lot of terrible people. Isn't it from weird Naboo. that as a senator she doesn't have to wear the cool makeup, but she did have to wear it as like a prince. Everything is weird. She's she is a she is an elected queen, whatever that means, yeah. at the age of like fourteen, and apparently is so popular that her people tried to amend the constitution so that she could serve another term as queen, which means that they have term limits, just like the United States presidential system. For their queen. It makes no sense at all. But then the senator seems to have like a fair bit amount of power. Yeah, I think being a senator in the Galactic Senate has way more power than being a an administrative official on Naboo. Interesting. Okay, what would be you, Mike? Well, so this kind of has a parallel in uh, a story that I often tell about my aspirations. And I've always thought that being a backup quarterback in the NFL would be one of the best jobs you could have because you get paid tons of money. There's not a whole lot of performance necessary and uh, you're just kind of on the bench most of the time. Um, There's not a whole lot of pressure and I am going this direction because I'm going to have to say being a political advisor for uh, Jar Jar Banks. I think it's the kind of thing that you don't have to do a lot at, at the, at the start. Um, but there's also a lot of room for growth because you can just totally <laughs> override Jar Jar and like play simple mind games with him and get him to go along. You could be a shadow dictator. If you, you, you could definitely be the power behind the senator's ears chair. The guy ears. behind the Gunkin. Yeah, the guy behind the Gunkin. <laughs> yeah, that was another thing. I knew that Jar Jar is the senator who first puts forth the idea of giving Palpatine um, uh it's not coming. Uh, executive well, power. But he's already got executive power. Um, Imperium. Marshall. He declares Imperium. Sure. Uh, he declares Imperium. He, there's a quorum. But uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Yeah. He's the one who, who says, we'll do it. But also what I had forgotten was that Palpatine basically plants the seed. Yes. By saying, if only... Senator Padme or whatever. Senator Amidala was here. Which is not... She would not do this at all. Her whole point in being a senator is fighting the Military Creation Act. So, she's clearly not huge on centralized authority with the Galactic Senate. Although, there's some balance there because she's also not a separatist. Did he just, at this point realize how annoying he was so that's why he was less annoying in the second movie i think i think george lucas realized and and made one joke about it where he starts saying misa smoy moy blah 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 and then padme says we get it jar jar shut the fuck up right and then he goes okay and you never hear him again but there's also the poetic justice that amos was just referring to of you know here's this character who's hated by all of the fans of star wars going into this movie and then you get the satisfaction the first time you see it 
of Jar Jar ruining the galaxy by being yeah. that swing vote that declares him the emperor and sends the galaxy down the tubes. Miss, I'm more and more stupid. Yeah, I still don't like him, though. No, he's terrible. Right. But you know what? I would rather spend a day with him than <laughs> um, a day with Natalie Portman acting the way she did in this film. Yeah. Wooden is a word we could use. Yep. Um, Robotic. Definitely don't want to hang out with Anakin either. I would also have to go with Jar Jar, I think. So we've got two for Jar Jar, one for Padme, and I, zero I could for never. I, I can I can hardly pronounce like people's name at at work. <laughs> let alone, I would just fuck it up every time. Just <laughs> you no do way. have like there is sort right. of a. I'm bad with pronunciation. Names. With the last name that I have, which I won't say on the podcast because of creepers. Um, it's such a great name. Yeah, but it's it's anyway. a difficult name to say, so I'm allowed to mispronounce everyone's name. That's how I feel. <laughs> So here's the deal, guys. We're going to talk a little bit about Star Wars, and this is what? <laughs> With Jawa. You said Star Wars. I can't say Star Wars? <laughs> Isn't that what we watched? With Jawas. So here's the thing. Jawas and Star Wars are not my bread and booter. Like, I watched this film for the first time uh, yesterday. I thought that I had maybe seen episode two before, but I hadn't. So the thing is, is that... We have done enough episodes together that we kind of know where our nerddom falls, and mine is not in Star Wars. Um, it's more in like jazz hands and comic books. That's about like that's where I fall. If um, we were made fun of, Blake was really made fun. Yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Like I was in show choir in high school, kind of nerd, and I read comic books. And, you know, I was in, I was a drama nerd, but Star Wars was just not like, and I think it's because I saw episode one before I saw maybe all of the other Star Wars. That's why we're doing this. That might have been, but anyways, I don't know anything (laughs) about Star Wars. So I invite people who do, and we talk about it. I ask questions and they kind of explain to me why I'm wrong. And I think that episode two is a big, you know, why was this movie made, Amos? Well... (laughs) I don't want to go into like George Lucas's whole thought process, and I don't even know that much. Did about he it. write the script as he went? Yeah. Well, he <laughs> like when they were um, making this. Th- this one was edited, I think, more than any of the other movies. You know what he had after principal filming was finished was very different from what we eventually saw, and you can kind of see how like the plot is a little muddy, uh, maybe because of that. Uh, so. Quick setup for this film. Uh, we've seen Phantom Menace, uh, sort of the origin story of Anakin. He's a little boy. This is about 10 years later. He has been, he, he's now about 20 years old. Uh, Anakin has been trained for a number of years by Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's a Padawan, meaning he is a, a trainee in the Jedi Order. Uh, so this story, the I guess the major arc of this story, well, there are two. There's the beginning of the Clone War, or wars, and there's the blossoming uh, romantic relationship between Anakin and Padme, Amidala, so-and-so, whatever her name is. Um, so that's the basic setup of this movie. Uh Really, you spend... Oh, it's also about the creation of the clones. I mean, that's the the, the weird title because... Yeah, I feel like that's a strange title saying the attack of the clones because they're supposed to be the good guys. And you know how, like, the third one is called Revenge of the Sith, but, but the sixth one is Return of the Jedi. It's a little less hostile sounding. 
it's weird to me that they say attack of the clones because they're attacking the bad guys. Yeah, we're going to have to go into that. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot we can go into. <laughs> okay. But let's um, take it from the beginning. Sure. So, Princess Padma. All right, she's a, she's a senator now. Senator Padma. <laughs> we can call her Padma. Padme? Okay. Yes. Pad, you can call her Padme. Padme. Okay. Yes. Senator Padme gets off her ship at whatever the senator world is, right? Coruscant. Cor- Coruscant. Coruscant. Coruscant is the capital of the galaxy. It's one big city planet. Which looks awesome, yeah. right? The, I think that they did a great job with the, and this is not the right term, world building as in like, yes, yeah. Coruscant looks great. It kind of reminds me of Blade Runner's like... Right. Uh, city in its own way and is this i can't remember from phantom menace is this the first time we see coruscant so uh i don't think it's the first time we see it because i believe there are a few scenes in phantom menace where we see it and in the special edition uh return of the jedi that's true they uh have the celebration that's taking place on coruscant we haven't Um, gotten to that movie yet sorry (laughs) spoiler alert spoiler alert they win (laughs) um Regardless, that made a huge impression on me because uh, I was always a fan growing up of sort of the um, the the concepts behind Star Wars and a lot of the visual futurism and you know the um, sketches that went into the pre pre production of the movies. All the Ralph McQuarrie sketches and everything. Yeah, those are great. But this was the first time they went to city level. I think for right. Coruscant, it's way there's way more time spent on Coruscant. Yeah, in this and movie and, and all anything. the scenes on Coruscant I thought were like really really good that were not just boring like political senator scenes. But anyway, so Padme. Someone we think is Padme gets <laughs> off the ship and blows up, and then like, <laughs> and then of course, like everyone knows that it's not her. Like I don't understand. They pulled that move a few like, times. Like this already yeah. happened in the first movie. You would think that like someone who is an assassin by trade, Zed or whatever her name was, I think would, it was Zam Zam. Oh, yeah, it started whatever. with a Z. Anyways, <clears throat> would know that it's probably not her. It's probably like someone. Around, well, I guess if it was around her, an explosion would blow her up. So, okay. Fair and enough. What a what a shitty job to have, being her double. Because, I mean, they seem to die a lot. You know what? I don't. I know we're not like a political podcast, but a shittier job would be have to be Donald Trump's double. Because he's a very, like, unique-looking person. Yeah. Like, it's not like he's just... He doesn't look like every other senator. This is where the Oompa Loompa song is playing in the background. <laughs> so, I'm just saying that, like, it would be very difficult to... To be his body double? Yeah. It would also be weird if that's the way we did things yeah, in the yeah. U.S., where... Anytime you see, a, a, I guess it would just be a president because no one even knows who the other people are. Um, who, who assassinates the uh, uh, Speaker of the House? That doesn't happen. At least I don't think. No. Um, but anyway. So then everyone is like, oh, Padme, you're in danger because the fish people want to kill you, right? Yeah, more or less. Who are you the fish people? The Nemoidians? Nemoidians, yeah. So the, the Trade Federation. Yeah, everyone... Nah. Everyone's afraid that the Nomoidians, the Trade Federation people, are trying to get her. So they're like, hey, you know, we need to get you some, um, you know, security. some security. Who ends up being Annie, a.k.a. Madigan Skywalker. Right? Yes. But first, can we talk about how awesome, well, how awesome I think her ship is? Oh, so sweet. That thing, it's it's a, the Naboo, um, uh, you know, ships. The fighters. Is it the silver? The, yes. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, chrome. Yeah, they're yeah. very unique within the star wars pantheon of shit yeah kind of like tie fighters are very unique looking 
and it fits perfectly. I think it looks it looks fresh as fuck. Mm-hmm. It's aristocratic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah. got, it's also got this cool sort of twenties like. Um, like the movie uh, Metropolis, it's a, it reminds yeah, me of a Flash Gordon. Yeah, yeah, it's very Art Deco looking. Yes, yeah. it's yeah. It makes me think of the Rocketeer a little bit. Exactly. Um, uh, I just love moves. that. So, and there's a bunch of them in in the uh, in Phantom Menace. Mm, they're all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Those those fighters. You can tell that this was a the first film to kind of explore with lots of digital green screen stuff. Well, sky's yeah, for, the limit, right? For good yeah. and bad, and we might as well mention there uh, that I believe this was the first, you know, big budget American film. Well, so it would be any film, I think, to be both totally shot digitally and projected digitally for the most part. I think the making of this movie was where George Lucas spent a lot of time convincing the theater industry to convert over to digital projection. So, you Thanks, know, regard, regardless of the, well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't feel that strongly about like, because I'm not a, I'm not a cinephile in the sense that like the technical aspects, um, I, I do not know enough to appreciate if I'm sitting in a movie theater, the, the difference or the, why digital projection would be lower quality. I guess maybe it has less character in some ways, but it's probably a fidelity question as digitization is always um, a sampling of uh-huh. the true rendering. So on okay. a film, it's like a, a, a film camera versus a digital camera. Um, how appreciable that is to the end audience. It's never been appreciable think, to me. I think what has always come down to is whatever it's filmed in, it needs to be Native. shown in. Well, and so that's what, and that happened. And so that's why he was felt so strongly about it. But, you know, as soon as the end market changes all of their machines to sh- like show one style, like they're not going to have multiple different machines to show yeah. like different like analog digital like so that kind of forces the industry to record in a certain way. And I think that that's why so many people had problems with it. That doesn't leave room for any um old school film. Yeah. But, you know, times are changing. Shit happens. Digital revolution, baby. So it is what it is at this point. In the movie, (laughs) I felt like things were done for the sake of technology more than they were done for the sake of plot. Yeah, and he was criticized a lot for, like, I I looked quickly through the Rotten Tomatoes little blurbs about the movie before we recorded, and so many people talking about how George Lucas is a brilliant technician, but not so great a director or philosopher. Because there are... There are a lot of ideas and more nuanced nuanced ideas buried in the prequels than are in the classic original trilogy. And that's kind of where I want to focus our talk because I haven't really heard the, like anytime you talk about the prequels it's just this was a shit sandwich. Like no one no one gives them the benefit of the doubt whatsoever anymore at least, which is part of why I think it's interesting we're talking about this movie 15 years after it came out. Sure. Well, feel the, feel free to interject when I'm shitting the sandwich. Well, it's okay. Yeah. I'm I mean, why it's I, good. my girlfriend watched it with me and she still thinks it's garbage. I'm not saying I don't think it's garbage, but I think it's it's complicated garbage. Yeah, my wife gave up and she's usually good at getting through. She would wake up only when there was kiss scenes, which <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
She's like, it's important to see. It's important to see the kiss scenes to see if they were, you know, they meant it. I'm like, all right, okay. Well, since they both delivered terrible performances. It was the only spark of passion in the entire movie. So we find out that Anakin is still a horrible human being. Well, he's a he's whiny. a creepy like sex pest, and he's like he's got so much mom issue, so much dad issue. Like how many well, times he doesn't have a dad? Well, how many times are you gonna tell me that like uh, Obi Wan was like your dad, and then oh. how much you hate him? Like, well, you know. yeah, that's I mean. So much telling, so much telling in this movie, not sure. enough showing. Sure. And I know oh, that that is yeah. like a stupid, you know, that's like a cliche in, in like movie making, but it's just so much here. Yeah. It's, you know, I don't think Hayden Christensen had an enviable position playing this character because he's not written at all to be sympathetic, I think. Maybe in some ways, but, you know, the whole, I mean... Anakin slash Darth Vader is basically the protagonist or the the main character of the films as we've seen them, at least episodes one through six. Uh, you know, his fall and redemption is is the whole story. Uh, you do see a lot of how flawed he is in this movie, but I think it could have been done in a way that was more interesting and maybe made him a little more sympathetic. Right. Well, I think there's an interesting parallel between Hayden Christensen, the actor's situation here, and Anakin Skywalker, the character. Because Hayden Christensen had been, like, as I understand it, bit parts in, like, some sitcoms and maybe, like, a movie or two. Nothing really showcasing, like, him as a lead actor. And here he is, like, oh, why don't you just be, like, Anakin Skywalker, Luke's dad, like, the guy, the, the central character to this you know, second coming of Christ movie that we've all been waiting for, for like decades and Anakin Skywalker, no pressure, right? And yeah. Anakin Skywalker is supposed to be the savior of the force or whatever. I forget the exact words they the, use, the but, one who will bring balance to the force, right? The prophecies, like, prophesied one, blah, blah, blah. No biggie. Yeah. And, and he, you know, is being told by all the people around him, how powerful he is and how much potential he has, but he's still this teenager who's like going through puberty and he's like, shitty Harry Potter. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's still a shithead. So yeah, I, I mean, I get it, but he, like he is beyond like, he has very little respect for Obi-Wan. He has very little respect for, like, anyone randomly. And then all of a sudden he'll be like, Obi-Wan told me not to fly away, so I won't do it. But then he'll talk about, like... <laughs> only when convenient. Yeah, like, yeah. only when convenient is he... It's too bad Hayden Christian hadn't talked that way the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather he talked that way than the way he did in the movie. Panama, I thought you said we couldn't kiss. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> so, anyways, we find that um, Obi-Wan and Annie have to protect uh padme and three for three on those names every time i say padme i think that i am ordering chinese food so <laughs> which is awful but or thai or thai what, food. what do you think when you Pat say thai. obi-wan kenobi i think donuts mainly okay I'm not sure why <laughs> okay. um i actually drank a bunch of star wars themed drinks a few hours ago at Moonlight Pizza. If you guys haven't been to Moonlight Pizza, it's better than you remember it. Star Wars. Oh, right, because they have this better than you remember. It's good. It's good. And I feel I like there all the time. I feel like some people talk about that place and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's the other. It's the other other pizza place." Like, no, it's good. Another you day. should go back. Is the first one trophy? I think people think Lily's oh. trophy Still? M- Mellow Mushroom. We've before. gone in a totally different right. place in the last 20 inside seconds. Raleigh. Yeah. <laughs> 
we're going to talk about Star Wars and deep inside the Beltline pizza, <laughs> pizza stuff. Yeah. I don't I don't leave the Beltline. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, so they're protecting Padme, and then it turns out that uh, Padme and Annie talk, and they want to use her kind of as a um, decoy. No, not decoy. Bait. Bait. Right? They, no, they just want to keep her safe. Well, no, well, she she like Anakin says she volunteered to be used as bait to find the assassin. Yep. And this is af- after uh, Obi Wan has been like, "No, we're here to run security. We're not here to like solve the mystery." And Anakin is like completely blowing it all off, and he's like, "Actually, Master, like they wouldn't put Jedi on a job like this if that wasn't implied." I remember that part. Our mandate is implied, and blah blah. Yeah, but like just- scenes later. Obi-Wan comes back and Anakin is standing there and he's like, she turned all the monitors off. She didn't like me watching her, which is weird and creepy and nobody would want him watching. I don't remember that part either. Yeah, it happened. I promise. How did I? I just watched the movie like two days ago. But like, it it takes, you know, two lines back and forth for Obi-Wan and the audience to realize that like, regardless of whether she volunteered for this, she's being used as bait to catch the assassin. Okay. And then not um, good optics. Yeah. And then some weird little robot that was sent by Zed, who was hired by um, Django Haskins. No, what's his name? <laughs> Django Fett. Django Fett. Um, this, you know, Jetsons to her window. Oh, with the slug. Cuts a little hole, and then sweet ass poisonous slugs <laughs> just pour Wrath out of, of this Wrath of Khan. And slugs. they just yeah. like know to go straight for her. They don't go in there and try to escape because they've like been bugs. <laughs> Final. Like they, not, we are free. Yeah, it wasn't anything like that. Like, I'm gonna go. Well, he has the same voice as Anakin. Sorry. <laughs> Am I a slug or a human? Right. Here we go. A different slug voice. All right, I'm gonna go. Uh, <laughs> instead of eating uh, uh, freedom, I'm gonna go eat this person. Uh, Kermit. <laughs> Kermit. Sorry. Did Kermit. Kermit, Kermit, Kermit. Sorry. Hi there. It's not easy being a poisonous slug. I am a poisonous slug. I've come here to eat Padme. <laughs> so anyways, these slugs like crawl up on the bed. And, and well, at the same time, Obi-Wan and Annie are like, I felt it too. Like they're t- they're, They've just gotten out of a conversation where they're like, my force is bigger. No, yeah. my force is bigger. Yeah, I do not envy being Obi-Wan. No. Oh, God. My force is so much better than your force. Like, oh, He's my- been doing this for 10 years of Anakin, please shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Anakin, your force is not that impressive. It's much better than yours. Oh, my God. Yeah, he, he's terrible. So they both rush in and... The, this is actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie is, you know, Annie goes in there and like cuts the two slugs on the bed while Obi-Wan decides to just jump out yes. the fucking window <laughs> after the <laughs> after the thing. Yes. After the what is it like a droid of some flying? What, what would we sound? call this? This is a, a, a it's assassination like a sh- delivery droid. Yeah, it's it's very specifically tuned yeah, to the container tube yeah. for the slugs. It's like, so I guess it's a droid that's meant for mail delivery that right. has been reappropriated to deliver death. It's our Amazon future. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Whatever it is, but the fact that he like does not smashes through I the mean, window. There's no hesitation. This man just jumps through what's got to be pretty strong glass. Because I mean, he's a Jedi. They they're bam, superheroes. He's on it, and then. Then all of a sudden we're introduced to all of the traffic that is yeah, on. We're, right. we're introduced to flight that's on croissant or whatever we call it. <laughs> on croissant, buttery, buttery uh, traffic, um, <laughs> and buttery, flaky, golden traffic. 
And then Zed, we see like Zed and she is the name Zed. I'm gonna call her Zed, but okay. I think it's like I think Zan. it's Zan or Zam or Zim Zan. It starts with a Z, so that's why <laughs> I'm saying Z. Zed. But I should say Z, so that you, you say understand. Z because yeah, any of our listeners probably just went what? Yeah, except so, they know you're Canadian. Zan. So we'll call her <laughs> Zan. But anyways, what I really like is little details. The ship that she has, she takes her like rifle, and instead of like putting the rifle inside like her ship, she like this. It like goes into the ship. Like there's like a little rifle. There's like a bespoke rifle case in (laughs) in her front fender. And that rifle is like a, it's the size of a colonial musket. The thing is huge. It was really cool. But I guess so she shot and like maybe hit him and it's going down. But she's still afraid that he's going to be able to catch up. So she leaves. And then, of course, in the coolest like 1950s style spacecraft, Annie comes up. (laughs) And like comes right under Obi Wan. Obi Wan falls, and Obi Wan says something like, "Anakin, you're reckless. Yeah. <laughs> Took you long enough, Anakin. Yeah, something yeah. like and then, that." And then Anakin takes what I feel like could have been a decent line and butchers it shit out of it. I'm sorry, Master. I couldn't find a speeder that I liked, and it's just oh my god, he's could so have been good. full of himself. Could have been good, maybe. And, you know, the script is really bad. It's a bland. So there, there's a lot of even, dialogue delivered, like you know, I you, love you, I love you, cool. <laughs> even Obi Wan. We shouldn't do this. We have to do this. No. Anyway. No, I mean I agree because even um, what's his face who plays Obi Wan, Ewan McGregor, even Ewan McGregor, who comes across like he's Daniel Day Lewis in this movie, right? Yeah, because uh, everyone else does such a bad job. <laughs> even Ewan McGregor, who is a good actor, was a bad actor in this film a few times. I mean, because he's supposed to be playing. I don't know, you know, because he's Obi Wan is. At this point in his life, in the story of Star Wars, is a seasoned Jedi, but at the sort same time, of. not like he is. Right. You know, he is, you know, like a general, not a five star general, but like he is, like he's, he's not, not a master. No, he's, he's clearly like regular Jedi. Yeah, he's like well, sort the, of the best pupil. Well, true, true, into, true. Like, he's he's too he's too young to take on. Um, Anakin's training when he does, especially given that Anakin is a special case and is going to be very hard to train effectively when Obi-Wan becomes his master. It's also when he goes from being a Padawan himself to Mm -hmm. a full Jedi Knight at the end of the Phantom Menace. So you've had 10 years of both of them growing into new roles and Anakin being the fuck up that he is. Uh, you do get a sense from certain comments you hear from different people that Obi-Wan is a very highly skilled Jedi. Yeah. But this was a big task that maybe no one could have successfully performed. Like not even maybe not even Yoda could have. No, but it should have been someone like Yoda. Yeah, probably. Cuz 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 Anakin is so important. And you get the you get the sense from all of the comments in the movie about how good Obi-Wan is. It's more like a, you know, this guy's surprisingly good everyone. Like, you know, Let's give him some credit, guys. Like, let's give him, it's not like a he's a ma- oh he's the best he's Obi Wan. It's more like hey you sh- have you seen Obi Wan recently? Yeah. Look, <laughs> he's like an up and comer. Yeah, yeah his jump so shot is on point. <laughs> have you seen him leap out of a building? <laughs> yeah, his his building leaping abilities is four to five stars. He, he does seem to like I've noticed especially in the comics they talk about Jedi who have like specialties like one guy is really good at this this other guy's really good at this with Obi Wan it seems like jumping is what he's really into. In all the video games he had the 
double jump that was legit. A little <laughs> bit higher. So they're in. I'd this love to see Alec Guinness, like you know, old ass Obi Wan, do a double <laughs> jump. He barely moves, like in you know the the fight scene in yeah. A New Hope where he fights Vader, and they basically just like yeah stand there and sort of slowly flick their lightsabers at each other. Anyway, they were a lot older then, and you know they didn't have all the special effects in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's an argument to be made that like all the other Jedi have been dead for like decades at that point, And they just don't get a chance to use their lightsabers that much anymore. Yeah. And that there's like, what's funny about talking about these movies and then also reading the comics is like almost any point we make or any like plot hole or whatever that we ask questions about, they get addressed. And yeah, they talk about how, like how rusty Vader is at this point fighting someone who's remotely capable. But now we're talking about a new vote. <laughs> Doesn't Rusty Vader sound like <laughs> it could be a few different things? Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, one creepy sex move. Also, though, hey, man, my name's Rusty Vader. The other thing I'm is like... I'm a Sith Lord, no big deal. Brooklyn Manhattan drink that's very expensive. Yeah, also that. That's served in like a um, re reused uh, tire <laughs> or like some kind of repurposed wood... <laughs> reused tire um they do a lot of flying stuff that's really cool the scene's really neat looking yeah um but they land and they go into a club they being anakin and obi-wan to go after what it seems to be like a shapeshifter he's a changeling zan is a changeling yeah um and it's a very strange club and i always love about star wars when you go into like saloons or Dance numbers. Cantinas, if you will. Cantinas. All of it's like really neat. This is another neat one. It seems like everyone's looking at Anakin like they want to have sex with him, though, which is a little weird. He's pretty hot. I guess. He's a hot boy <laughs> with a goofy Padawan haircut. Yeah. that I'm, I guess everyone knows that haircut, and they're like, mm. You know what's interesting in that scene? It does, you know, it. Uh, there's a lot of parallels with Moss Eisley, but, you know, Moss Eisley is this rundown bar on a rim world and it's full of aliens full of non-humans this bar it's almost entirely humans and when i first watched it i was like this is weird that they have all these whack-ass like hey that's a human with some glitter on their face like don't they have enough budget for some sick looking aliens but i think it reflects the different social status in this galaxy that's never really discussed but is clearly there between human species and non-humans because later on when the empire is at its height everyone in the empire is a human yeah and there's actually a lot of xenophobia going on in the empire that's like sort of pent up like why were they included before it's time to put them back in their place right and this is going to be reflected in the sort of high society of coruscant right um in this you know much trendier club at the core of the galaxy yeah oh that's cool yeah there's like you said about world building i think the homework was definitely done. It's just, and I think Lucas is good at that. He's just not that great at directing human actors. And that's why we see so much garbage. Also, I think. And also, I think that he, every one of his movies seems to be too child friendly, maybe. Well, that's a whole nother, whole nother thing. We can, Cause even at the most recent star Wars celebration, he talked about yeah. how he's still grinding that ax about how these are kids movies. 
if they're kids' movies, why does he spend so much time talking about senatorial, <laughs> political backstabbing? And they're not. I mean, they are for all ages. They're clearly not Blade Runner, but there's more nuance to this than your average kids' movie. Uh, yeah. He's he's trying yeah. to defend bad. Well, and also, and- like somebody gets offed in the opening minute of this movie from a terrorist act, like she dies a tragic death. Right? Like, yeah. This isn't for <laughs> this isn't for eight year olds. It just has certain components that are like Jar Jar, and, mm-hmm. and we know how we it's feel a good about excuse Jar-Jar. to say it's for children, just right. to write off your stupid ch- childish mistakes. Yeah. Anyway, so a dart. After they, um, they they apprehend the changeling. After they cut her arm off, every fucking buddy in Star Wars gets their arm cut off. Yep, it's Obi Wan's move. Yeah, he cuts off a few arms. Everyone cuts off. Arms. That's what you're, you're. And when you become a Jedi, you have to go cut some. You head. learn the easiest ways <laughs> like to cut appendages the, off. It's like joining the Crips or Bloods or whatever. You have to. I don't know. Go whatever. to a bar, cut off an alien's arm. Yeah, you have to prove yourself. Your last blood mm-hmm. in, blood out. Vactus locos forever. Um, <laughs> arms in, arms out. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, a dart from four miles away yeah. <laughs> shoots Zan. And at that point, I turn. She I turn turns into my, a frog. Yeah, I turn to my wife and I'm like, <laughs> "So, uh, what? They exploded a ship to kill Padme when they could have just shot a dart." From four miles away. Yeah, I think they they should have just learned to let Jango do it. Guy's Seriously. good. And then he's you know he that's, that's him rocketing off. Sorry. And I do I, I want to take a moment to admire the sound design, by the way, of that because that's actually one of the most memorable parts of this movie for me is the dart comes in and then you hear the the gunshot go off in the distance and I just remember thinking like wow that's like some cool assassin shit like reach out and touch him. <laughs> Sorry, I reach out and touch him. Yeah, Django, Unchained, Sprint, Fet. No, <laughs> sprint. reach out and touch someone isn't that Sprint? No. Oh, that's oh, old. Cool. That's, yeah, that's that's like it's AT and T. I don't know that. Maybe. That's way back. Oh yeah, pin drop is Sprint. I'm old. Um, um, oh yeah, that's what their logo still is. Yeah. It's that. It's the weird. Anyway, it's the, yep. it's the pin wobble. <laughs> it's the it's the cosine of the <laughs> pin. Oh fuck, I don't know. And that's kind of the end of that little thing. And then they find out. What do they find out? They get a name, right? Um, Cyphodias, right? Or is that no? That's they Amadeus. Get, <laughs> Amadeus. Amadeus. They get the the dart. They, right, right, they right. take the dart, and that's their first clue. That's right. Because there we go, go to the diner. <laughs> they go to this fucking diner. <laughs> yeah. So Obi Wan. This is this is the beginning of where the two main plots. Um, uh, branch off for mm-hmm. most of this movie. It's Obi-Wan tracking down the assassin while Anakin takes Padme to safety. Ostensibly yeah. to so, safety. So let's follow but, the you know, Obi- safety and Anakin aren't uh, yeah. fellows. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Let's try to follow the Obi-Wan plot for a little bit before yeah. we get into the love Thing. guru. <laughs> it's not that bad. similar quality. Yeah. No, <laughs> love guru is so much worse than Attack because the, the Obi the Obi. <laughs> I'll, I'll go on record with that one. All right, we'll get to it. <laughs> but the Obi Wan plot line is fun. Um, it's interesting and it's over CGI'd, but it's also hard to hate on something that's like you know ten plus years old, fifteen plus years old, it's fifteen years old. Because like you know what it was CGI fifteen years ago, so. It hasn't aged well, but who's to say what doesn't age well 15 years from now? So we'll we'll leave that alone because there's a whole lot of green screen. 
Oh, yeah. But, you know, I'm okay with letting that go, though I do think there should have been more puppetry um, for the aliens, and there should have been a, a greater mix of, like, physical and and cosmetic yeah. stuff versus the CGI. But I think that's easy to forgive. It's easy to forgive, but I think it's also one of the glaring differences yeah. between the original trilogy that people really loved all that sort of Jim Henson involvement and um, the, the Muppetry and puppetry and the actual, <laughs> like I've never heard the word Muppetry somehow, but I love it. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. But, and, and models puppetry and, and, puppetry. and then in this, you know, it's mind blowing CGI, especially at the time. But yeah, can we have another podcast about Jim Henson's world called Muppetry and Puppetry? Because I just want to say that spin off, baby. Yeah. Anyway, Muppetry and that's our our Fraser Fraser of our podcast. Can we remake Fraser but with Muppets? Yes, I'm so into on YouTube. Yes. Anyway, (laughs) so okay, so talking about overused diner is where I'm going, and I and this is a weird scene because I don't think the scene was needed. No, not at all. We go into this diner. Obi-Wan apparently loves the purple milk they have or something. Uh, J- Jabba. Jamba juice. J- Jamba juice. I thought Wait. it was Jamba juice. Not, I don't say Jamba juice. Wait, they're this is what Jamba saying, juice is? I think this they're is either the saying Jabba juice, like Jabba the Hutt, or they're saying Jabba. Oh, my uh, God. Or they're saying Jawa juice. Can you buy juice that has been exfoliated from Jabba <laughs> the Hutt and buy it at diners? It's a luxury <laughs> brand, baby. Oh, <laughs> Hut sweat is like the most expensive <laughs> juice in the galaxy. That's how he keeps that mane up. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, is it from the hut butt? <laughs> so gross. Well, welcome to the hut butt. You want some Jabba juice? Anyway, all right. So this scene, let's unpack all this bullshit. Because, all right. So George Lucas loves the 50s. American Graffiti is his homage to all of that. This is a scene set in a 1950s American diner on Coruscant in fucking Star Wars. And I love it. I have to say, it's completely unnecessary. Oh, it's so but awful. I, no. I completely fall in love with this Do scene. you love it in, like, this is so ridiculous kind of way? Or, like, like yes? I love it because it's, to me, the, like, sort of charming kids appeal that Jar Jar Binks was supposed to be. And just, like, completely went out the window. Uh, like Obi-Wan. <laughs> Ooh, it, totally, it totally Kenobi. Yeah, it's like jumping the shark. Did you Kenobi'd. say it totally Kenobi? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's a new amazing. thing. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it, I defenestration, which I've said before, <laughs> yeah. is the act of throwing someone or being thrown out of a window. I love that that's something you know because my girlfriend, lo- she also knows that word and loves to talk about. De- like anytime I piss her off, she talks about defenestrating me by <laughs> but now pushing me out our window. But now it's Obi Wan or what did you call Kenobi? Kenobi. Kenobi. Yeah. About to get Kenobi. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> anyway, I just loved the indulgence of it. Uh, it was fun, I thought. I didn't think it really took away anything that hadn't been taken away from this movie already. Okay, okay that's... So, <laughs> yeah, if, you're, if your bar has already been lowered, it's fine, because who gives a fuck? But to me, it's like, what are you doing? Like, it's, it just doesn't fit at all. You've got this... You've got a droid. You've got a waitress droid who talks like she's a right. 50s uh, New Jersey... Um, Diner waitress, yeah. unicycle robot, <laughs> diner woman. It's Han, you want another coffee? Yeah, like, yeah. Come on, it's, man. A, it's a weird. You know, droids are weird in Star Wars. Droids have oh boy big personalities, which one doesn't make sense, but that's fine. But I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes it's just that's too much. And and 
I had a conversation with someone about how I, I was annoyed that like some robots you could communicate to and then other robots like all the R2, R4 units, you can't understand, but it seems like everyone else can. But I now am absolutely okay with not being able to understand the robots because otherwise it would be like wackety schmackety do all the time. Like all these robots would be like, and then I said, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, every one of them has these big, big personalities that don't make sense and are in like are okay in small doses as like comic relief and can be used well. Yeah. But imagine if all of them were like that. Well, I mean the droid army, pretty much all of them are. Right. This true. It's, they're yeah. I, droids are either used for comic relief or they're just walking Cannon guns. Fodder. Yeah. Things to blow up. Yeah. So this weird crocodile blob thing sits down with Obi-Wan and tells him where the dart is from and basically says Dex is his name Dex like if you got money I'll let you in on some secrets yeah so it's an important scene for moving the plot forward because this is how yes Obi-Wan gets the planet it's his lead and it's very hush hush because the yeah. planet has been erased from the, the archives it, it is weird how <laughs> Dex uh he's like yeah you know it's it's beyond the outer rim it's south of the the Rishi maze, no big deal. But then this is like clandestine information in. Well, I get the picture that Dex was actually kind of like a bad dude before he decided to like settle down and open up a diner. There's some like, there's some Canon information about, he was a bounty hunter. Or, yeah, he seems like a mercenary or yeah. some sort of an operative. And then he let himself go <laughs> and decided just to cook what he's been eating. And burgers, it was successful baby. space burgers. But anyways, that scene wasn't needed. So um, Obi-Wan then goes to the library. The library is like, it's not in the library. It's not real. What George Lucas did not address with these movies, because he's sort of going halfway and then saying it's a kid's thing, is what state is the Jedi Order in at this point in history? We just assume they're the good guys and they're played that way and then you've got like the scene where Yoda is teaching children uh, the younglings it's played for cuteness but it should also indicate that the jedi order is basically a cult where they sort of they don't forcibly take children but it's not like the children have any say and they're very dogmatic about the way they do things they're rigid as shit well and there's also several hints dropped earlier in the movie about how you can't trust her. She's a politician. And as this supposedly noble keepers of the order and servants of the, the Republic, you'd think that they would have a little bit more veneration for democracy being that that is what the Republic is. But there's, I think you bring up a really good point about it being sort of the, um, decaying end of the Jedi order at this point. And they, they mention it with Okay. So one, what would be an important plot point that I totally forgot the first time I watched this was a conversation between Mace Windu and Yoda about how they're losing their force abilities. Yeah. And that's pretty big. And Why? they're hiding it. Yeah. Which is even more kind of messed up. So then we find out that there's some planet that's not there, but stars are orbiting around the planet and in the gravitational pull are pulling things in. So there's got to be a planet there, even though we don't see the planet in the library or in any maps. And so, of course, because they don't have a lot of people, they just sent Obi-Wan to go check it out. He's a busy dude. Well, this is his project, I guess. 
So Obi-Wan goes out to this cool, cool planet with the tall, skinny, weird aliens that look like the aliens from the Abyss. Must be the Abyss. I never saw the Abyss. Pretty sure it was the Abyss. Anywho, so that we show up at this like wave world. <laughs> yeah, that? I'm trying to remember the name. That's driving Camino. Me Camino. There we go. So they show up at Camino, which is a pretty dope name for an island or for a planet, planet or an island. But they show up and Obi Wan just kind of walks in and pretends like he's supposed to be there. Yeah, and then they're like, "Hey, he bluffs very poorly." Yeah. Yeah. But obviously, they can't read human faces. Yeah. Right. They're like, oh, we thought you forgot about us. Come on in. We've got these hundreds of thousands of clones ready for you. Yeah, we've been working on this for well over 10 years with no communication from you. Yeah. Right. That's a bad, uh, we were starting to think that this whole thing was fucked up. But I mean, right. They literally say that. Yeah. <laughs> we were starting to think we weren't going to get paid. I guess they were already paid. They must have already been paid. Yeah. And so, so then we find out that there are hundreds of thousands of clones that were cloned from Django. Uh, Fett. Django Fett, yep. which I mean, he looks like a strong dude. I just don't know if how he'd be like my clone pick. Who would your clone pick be from from all of the Star Wars universe? Oh, so I can't say like Alec Baldwin. I mean, you could, yeah, sure. I was gonna say Ray Lewis. All right. <laughs> Both of those are <laughs> to acceptable. be a bounty hunter or to be a soldier. <laughs> to be a soldier. Well, um, um, I don't know too many soldiers that are like really. There's that Max Fightmaster guy from that article we read years ago. <laughs> I, I picked the Tybo guy. I think Billy Blanks. <laughs> yeah, Billy Blanks probably be my pick. What about Jet Li? Jet Li would be good. But these are guys who are good with guns. Like, you're not right. kung fuing your way through an army. That's true. You just need someone to hold a gun. So, And who is obedient. Although, I guess that's addressed in I the think, training. Yeah, yeah, I think they train they're, them up. They give them, like... Also, how much that. is really left after they pump them with whatever they pump them with, you know? True. I don't know. They say that they, like, make them grow faster and, like... Yeah, they, blah, they, blah, blah. they age at double the rate. So... Basically, it's been 10 years. They've got a bunch of 20, although they look older than 20, but, you know, give or take. Mm -hmm. uh, they have adult male humans, a shit ton of them, and, and they're cranking them out. And the and the world looks pretty cool. Like, the yeah. way they're growing them, it looks acceptable. It's neat. Um, yeah, I whole, enjoyed it. The whole aesthetic of Camino is like... It was done well. It's squeaky clean. Yeah, it was like an all, Apple store. It all looks like yeah, a waiting actually. room or an <laughs> Apple store. It was like or, an yeah. Apple store of clones. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Really important pieces of information that just kind of get glossed over. Uh, they give a name for who ordered this. He's a Jedi who's been dead for quite a few years. Sifo DS. Sweet name. Yeah, yeah. And he shows up. So a lot of the questions that only kind of get touched on in this movie uh, are addressed in the Clone Wars TV show. So you learn more about Sifo DS and uh, I might be saying the name wrong, but um, you know why he thought the Republic needed a standing army. He could see the future. Um, Wait, like he Sifo DS or whatever with the Force. Yeah, he, with the he, Force could see the future. He had precognit precognitive abilities, and he saw the coming war that would necessitate an mm. army. Wow! So if that was, if I would have known that. It would have made a lot more sense when they they maybe could have made it more clear what the hell is going on with this army. At the same time, though, I think you're supposed to be, find that compelling. Like, oh, what's going on here? There was a Jedi that was like, hey, I know that there's going to be a clone war, so let's clone well, some yeah, people. That's a little... He, he knows there's going to be a separatist war. It's like it's a civil war in the same way that... I mean, slavery is not part of it. 
or is it now because they've got clones? See, that's another aspect of the Republic and the Jedi have lost their way. Yeah. Creating a clone army is an immoral act, I would argue. Um, At least makes really bad movies. Well, <laughs> multiplicity was awful. <laughs> Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Cool. With, um, uh, Batman. Uh, Michael uh, Keaton. Michael Keaton. Thank you. Um, Batman. Batman it's and just, Birdman. It's just Batman. It's like <laughs> it's four Batman. Four Batman. One's like a little dumb. <laughs> like one. Oh. A little uh, dumb Batman. A little dumb Batman. Anyways, so the whole re- one of the reasons uh, Obi Wan is out there is because he kind of thinks that maybe the person who's trying to kill Padme is out there. Like it, the plot thickens, and there's more reasons for him to go to um, Camino. Camino. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Uh, but so that's why he wants to meet um, Django yeah. Fett, and 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 he we do. And probably the most significant part of this scene is that we get introduced to Boba Fett, but a he's a lame little kid. But it, it's kind of neat that he isn't a kid as much as he was just a clone well, that a clone. was not altered. Right. So he's 10. And man, he's got issues, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. He's got nice hair, too. <laughs> he's, he's got good hair. Really? But I, my other favorite part, like there are three parts of this movie that made me go, I like that. You know, like these are the good parts of the movie. Um, and the fight between Obi-Wan and Jango Fett on Kamino was cool. Yeah. It was really yeah. cool. And it makes you think, like, anyone who can hold their own against a Jedi, especially one that who apparently is a badass, even though most of the time you see Obi-Wan kind of fucking up, except when he, he does kill a few people. Anyway, Jango Fett is apparently really badass. So in the Star Wars galaxy, you probably want your clones to be based on Jango Fett. That's true. There's, that there's a reason. That's good. Yeah, that yeah, dude yeah. knows how to, he knows his way around a fight. Well, and it's interesting because he's fighting differently than a Jedi. And yeah, a lot of gadgets. He lot fights of, like Bruce Wayne or Tony Stark. Absolutely. You um, know what's weird? I, I read uh, in the Wikipedia stuff about um, um, all the shit in the Clone Wars TV show. I just assumed he was Mandalorian because he wears Mandalorian armor, and he's not. Right. He just stole it or something, and he's a he's a phony Mandalorian. Anyway, Mandalorians are a race. They're humans. Half man, half DeLorean. Half DeLorean. <laughs> what a freakish right. nightmare that is. They're all coked up. They've got the top, their top half of their torso is human and they're dragging a Mandalorian like that's attached to them like, like a human centipede. That's disgusting. Anyway. Great warriors. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, the Mandalorians are like uh, a kind of Spartan type of society, or at least they used to be. And then they had a war with the Jedi a long ass time ago and became a little more docile, but they had this badass looking armor. Right. Um, and you see that the clone troopers armor is kind of based on his Mandalorian armor. And then, you know, that later on becomes the stormtrooper armor. Oh, so that's interesting. So, yeah. yeah so the stormtrooper armor is sort of descended from Boba Fett slash Jango Fett's bounty hunter costume. Slash Mandorians. Slash DeLoreans. Slash DeLoreans. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So woman DeLoreans. Right. <laughs> So, okay, so we've got this fight happens. Uh, they get away. Obi-Wan chases them. This is our first scene where we get to see Slave One, which for like Star Wars nerds is a big thing. Slave One is the name of Boba Fett's ship, um, Jango Fett's ship in this case. 
And it's a very unusual looking ship. Every time I see that thing, it's like B-Wings. I'm like, mm-hmm. who designed this? Because it's crazy <clears throat> looking. It It is a like a, a vertically standing ship, like as it flies. It, it flies the way a bipedal person, like a human walks. Mm-hmm. And that's very unusual for a starship. You know, they're always, they look like planes. Semi-aerodynamic and yeah. fuselagical. Yeah, like an, X, an X-Wing looks like it is evolved from... A fighter jet that exists today, and all of those principles are about aerodynamics. Right. Slave One was made for zero gravity. Yeah, Slave One wouldn't fly. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um. So, and also, it's got lots of cool things. Slave One is like um, Django slash Boba's armor. It's got lots of gadgets. Those thermal grenades that like don't make a sound and then they make that crazy wow. sound. Yeah. Oh, that, that was shit. really cool. Yeah, and also good. the blasters on it are fucking nuts. So, so fast. They're basically just tearing into Obi-Wan. And that's a really cool scene. You don't see a lot of star fights, like space no, battles spa- in this movie. And, and you know, of course it has to be in an asteroid belt, but you know, whatever. Yeah. It makes well, it cool. Yeah, we were watching that and they fly through a tunnel and my girlfriend goes, If there's a goddamn slug in there. <laughs> um but yeah, so that happens. Uh and then uh, Django slash Boba think they have killed Obi-Wan. It's a little disturbing how bloodthirsty Boba Fett is as a 10-year-old boy. He really wants to kill some people. Uh, they think they've killed him. They go off to... G- I can't remember the name of this planet. Geonosis. Geonosis, thank you. And Obi-Wan, who's been you know hiding back, follows them down to Geonosis. Now we could probably cut over to Anakin and Padme doing their boring stuff. Yeah, which is fine. But can we talk about that planet again? What was it called? Geonosis. Which, or Kamino. No, Geonosis. Okay. So is that where all the bug yes. people are? Bug okay. people live on Geonosis. They're Geonosians. And they're creating all of the... That's droids. The, all the droids. This is, this is one of the headquarters of the Separatist army. Got it. Right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah, let's talk about Annie. Ugh. <laughs> So, feel dirty even rewinding towards the beginning of the movie when Obi-Wan and Annie kind of split off. Annie yep. is give is basically put in charge to take care of Padme. Yep. And they want to get back to, uh, what is it? Naboo. Pa- Naboo? Yeah. yeah which her is home world. Her home world, in which she is a senator to. And so they dress in like normal clothes. They're in disguise. They're they don't want disguise, to be recognized. But here's the thing. Are they really in disguise? No, because she's got a giant headdress. And on. also, he's got like the Jedi <laughs> yeah. haircut. Well, you know, how many what people are you have do? the Jedi haircut? Hopefully, none other than Padawans. I really think yeah. they make the Padawans have that haircut to make them focus Hazing. on their training more. Yeah, because they look dumb. You can't have beautiful hair when you're training to be a Jedi. You can only have a weird rat tail. Do you think that, like, if you're not combo. human and you have like weird snakes coming out of your head, they still give you a? Fucking braid. <laughs> Just clip this on. Yeah. Give you a clip on. <laughs> You'll blend right in. There's like a, a Rodian who's basically got no hair, and he just has to have this thing sticking. That's what I think. Yeah, I think that they make him. Anyway, so there's a lot of like lovers quarrels, kind of. Well, they're not even there yet. Anakin no. is into her, and she's like, "Nah, chill out. You're creepy. Don't look at me like that." Yeah, is oh, one God. of my favorite lines. It's so gross. And it's like it makes me it makes me uncomfortable. And he he like snickers. He yeah, he grins. And you're like, this dude needs some education. Um, but on top of that, like Natalie Portman is not good in this. 
No, I think it's and I'm, she's a she's a fine actress in other movies. She is she is good to fine. And Pro- even Hayden Christensen has once in a while, I think, done a pretty good acting job. Sure, I, this is the only movies I've really seen him in, and he's not good in it. So I'll take your word. No, he's for terrible it. in it. <laughs> but like, they're both the same kind of like they're. They're not very good at delivering their lines with like any sincerity. Like, right. They all feel so delivering flat. their shitty lines. Yeah, definitely shitty lines. Yeah. No question about that. But it's also so flat. Right. Like everything. And you kind of have an excuse as Padme because she, in the in episode one, she's supposed to be like very, you know, queenly right. or whatever. Deadpan. Deadpan. <laughs> but dead, deadpan May. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Um, <laughs> but but she doesn't really have that excuse in this one, and he is just as bad. So s- following them is like pulling teeth for me. Yeah. Their scenes are not Awful. good. Awful. Right. It's like eavesdropping on a bad date. The music's oh, good. Constantly. Though. Sure. I think the music, the, the themes for like their romantic stuff, that whole... Uh, that's... Okay, one of the things, just a quick side note, that I think is still great in the prequels is John Williams' score. I don't know the names of the different parts, but the bum 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 that whole thing that yeah. to me is just as iconic now as the Imperial March. Yes, uh, yeah, great music. The scenes look great. Naboo looks amazing, um, but just like everything in this movie, there's a shit ton of green screen, and it you know it's to distracting our, to our eyes now in 2017. That 2002 CGI doesn't look that good, and I think because this was still pretty new. These actors don't know what to do with it, and George Lucas is not that great a director, so they're in the woods here with a script that isn't very good yeah. either. So, so I can't totally blame them. No. There's a lot going against I them. I think that we don't need to mention again, there needs to be some forgiveness because the technology was new, and for actors, it's got to be a little bit weird. And I but, think- then, but then you also think, like, okay, Lord of the Rings, for example, was also around this time, and they kind of nailed it. Although, there's not nearly as much CGI, but, like, the interactions between... Gollum and the Hobbits. Well, but in in these cases, I mean, we started down this road again talking about their romance, and like, I think two decent actors, if they have good lines, which is a big caveat in this case, but can probably pull off a romance scene in front of a green screen as well as they can in a living room. It's not like you have to interact with a waterfall, right? You're not like fighting off (laughs) bugs. No, fair enough. (laughs) So you know, I I I agree. Or those weird tick cattle. Yep. Yes, which we need to get Gross. to. But first, let's. How did we get there? Right. So they they make their way back to Naboo. They sit down with the the who is now Princess Queen or however the current know. Queen, the current Queen, and everyone decides um, that they should probably go out into the country. Yes, she'll be safer there. And uh, and of course, um, and you see Anna can be a dead man and, up, right? and yeah. then she's like, "Shut the fuck up!" Yeah, she puts right. him down pretty hard, and he's like, "All right." So then they go to the beautiful green screen land of <laughs> Naboo, which is, it's cool looking, but it looks like it's straight out of final final fantasy seven. Yeah. Like, yeah. What are those little, those chocos? I Chocobos. feel like you're going to jump yeah. on a choco and ride it around, but there's my least favorite, maybe least favorite, least favorite line. Maybe is when Annie is like, uh, I don't like sand. Here everything is soft and smooth. Sand is coarse. It's like, oh yeah. fuck you! And he's doing this while he's like, like feeling her right. hand. Like the whole time, it it's just like 
He reminds me of like um, the kind of guy who would complain that like girls don't want a nice guy. Right. He's, like, he's definitely girls don't that. want nice guys. They want to be treated shitty. Well, no, I mean no. He's they they are they come across like twenty somethings flirting the way. 13 year olds yeah. might it's like very middle school they don't know what they're doing now I, I, and again i'm sort of playing devil's advocate here but anakin is supposed to be this yeah. you know he he this by all child. accounts is socially retarded at this point like <laughs> well, we don't use that word here michael i'm just kidding um, we've probably said what do you say instead of socially <laughs> jesus christ Damn. jesus christ retarded that's fucking yeah. weird that, that's strange you catch my drift, though. Yeah, like yeah, this yeah. is a guy who they, they probably wrote a measure of that into these scenes of him being an awkward. Like, how is he working through these feelings when all of his duties up to this point are just like following Obi Wan's? Yeah, yeah. No, I'll give you the man child thing. You know sure. what? You know yeah. what I'd like to see that I, I have never read. I'm sure it's out there. Is an interview with Hayden Christensen about what it was like trying to. Right. How do you understand this role? character? Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, I'm sure it's. I mean, unless, unless he has just said, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah he could be a moron. I don't know anything about it. Don't really. they kiss right there, though? Doesn't that line work on her? They they, they <laughs> yes. kiss at some point, and she's the like, sand, no, we shouldn't have done the that. The sand line works, and they kiss there. And then she's like, no, no. And then later, it's like at night, and he's like, the kiss that haunts me yeah. burns in my soul. He, he even says... <laughs> Like the kiss you shouldn't have given me, like blaming her for his right? red flag. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. He's. I think they didn't need to. Okay, why problem, not make him a little bit likable? Well, they could have, and I guess we'll get to that at some point. But they. To, okay, his focus, largely. Well, you know, it's this it's this romance with her. He's got horrible abandonment problems because he was taken from his mother very young. Um, you know, all of this is central to his fall. It's all about his abandonment issues and how he can't control his emotions. He he joined the train. He started Jedi training too late. Um, but what they could have done with this movie, and they didn't really explore is him having genuine philosophical differences with the Jedi because the Jedi order is so um, controlling stayed and controlling and, mm-hmm. and, and ossified. I don't know. Um, or maybe like he falls in love, which isn't really, it's not well, allowed. It's, right. it's not sanctioned. Right. And, and that's part of their rigidity. They're so dogmatic about, their way of doing things. Yeah, there's something there. There's a great story in there, but I think the problem is the relationship that is supposed to be the fall of this guy is awkward and not super believable. And and to step it out a little bit more, I mean, this was the second in these three movies that are showing the rise and fall of this character, right? The third movie could have been the one, I think, where he really starts to make that dark turn. I think if he in this movie was like this actually like feeling like kind of sweet guy who really falls for this girl and then you watch him. And then he puts a fedora on. Yeah. <laughs> Metaphorically. Right. He puts his <laughs> Metaphorically. His, his, his yes. Darth Vader dome helmet is his fedora. Right. But oh. it would have been so much more effective, I think. And this, mo- this movie, di- he didn't have to be the creep. I still 
I think for the most part we can fast forward through the love scenes on Naboo and just say that it's they suck. <laughs> them like throwing a picnic, riding some horses, <laughs> some, or, riding some weird tick bears. Yeah, <laughs> rolling around in like the fields. It's dumb. It's super dumb. And it could have been done a lot better. But it is what it is. They kind of act like children for the... And I think that that's what you're supposed to get from it is you have two people who have like these specific jobs and they can't be who they'd like themselves to be. I mean, we're talking about Padme has been in public eyes and have had some kind of job since she was like 14, 14. And then we, and someone so weird, she was elected to be the ruler at four. We already talked about that. And then someone who chose to leave times, (laughs) someone who chose to leave his family and well, be kind of chose kind of anyways 13 leaves and like is told that he's like basically superman well, he was like nine nine yeah um so you know like people who weren't really allowed to be children so they get to be kind of silly roll around and of course that's gonna like you're gonna have weird emotions yeah. and that's kind of what you're supposed to take away from it but instead you just see a bunch of silly ass people rolling around in a cgi grass and <laughs> it's, it is what it is look at the- uh, episode two, silly ass people roll around CGI grass. That, and that the whole, long. And then Anakin has a bad dream. Another one. Oh, yeah. Mom. Well, this is his whole, I mean. This is his thing. And it's beaten into us as viewers over and over and over. This This scene, I think, is one of the few compelling parts of Anakin's story. That I think it's one of the only parts that George Lucas maybe got right emotionally. What do you mean? The dream itself? Not the, no, not the dream. The going to Tatooine and rescuing his mother and all the rage that happens. I think the rage that he has on Tatooine is done well. I think all the scenes on Tatooine is done well. well part th- of it's not done well. We'll get there. I think, though, how we get there as a viewer is not done right. I don't believe, like... To rehash, I don't believe the love scenes. Everything that had happened on Naboo was weird. And all of a sudden, he has a bad dream, and Padme is like, yeah, let's go. Well, okay, so his dreams have more weight to them than, like, if I had a nightmare. I don't have any kind of precognition. Yeah. He knows what is happening because he's so attuned with the Force. And Padme never really wanted to hide out. Yeah. <laughs> That's not her bag at all. And so I think that's why she is totally fine with them going to. She's bored. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't. She doesn't feel like she's doing anything. She wants to be contributing somehow. Yeah. So yeah, it's not a hard sell. He's totally going against his orders. This is part of why he's you know he's not he's not disciplined. He's too. In this case, he's too young. But he's also you know he started his training too old. They go to Tatooine. He he meets Watto again. The, Watto seems like something's bad has happened to Watto. Did yeah. he always have that many bugs around him? No, and he's got that stubble, <laughs> yeah. and clearly things. Watto has not like you know struck gold. No, Watto's doing poorly. Watto yeah. was nice though, a lot nicer than he was. He in is the, nicer the than he was. Well, because he's probably he's like, oh, this is an adult Jedi now. I should not treat right. him like a turd. Not that he. I mean. He owned him as a slave. You know, we're not going to yeah. get into how crooked that is. And then he sold his wife. Or, sorry, he sold um, Shmi. Shmi, which is a great name for anyone. 
He sold Shmi <laughs> to someone. Which is a great name for him. So he sold Shmi to a man who married her? Yeah, he, he sold her to a guy. Um, his last name is Lars. Uh, what is the, what is Owen. the Well, Owen is, the, is his son. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, I, I don't Okay, we're just going to call him Wheelchair Lars. Okay. Um, sells, sells Shmi to him. He frees her and marries her. And Watto tells Anakin all of this. So now Anakin knows where he needs to go. He goes and finds uh, Wheelchair Lars. And he's got a brother. Uh, no. No, that guy, I think, I don't know if it's stated, but that guy has to be from a previous marriage. He's just too old. I think. Yeah, yeah so what I what I think, and I don't know if... He still says that I'm your brother, doesn't he? I don't think he I'm does. I'm pretty sure, like, I'm pretty sure he comes up and he's like, oh, hey, I'm your brother-in-law. I guess he would... Well, like- in-law... No, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Anakin gets there to the, to this Lars guy's moisture farm. This is the same moisture farm that Luke grows up on and that we see in A New Hope. Uh, there's the old man. I don't remember his first name. And then there's his son who has to be from uh, from a different woman. His, so he meets his son first. So he Anakin meets his brother-in-law first. Who then no, says... No. Uh, well, yeah, I guess he is his brother And then says, like, oh, I'm or your no, brother-in-law. Is he? Wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He says, hey, yeah. I'm your brother-in-law. I guess Bra- we were going to name... We we're going to meet sooner or later. It's and then Brady Anakin Bunchy. is like, uh, I'm not talking to you. I'm glad you have a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, so this is this is Owen and Baru who raise Luke in A New Hope, and they get burnt. Oh, that sucks. Um, and Especially because Anakin was such a dick to him. Yeah. Well, you know, not the last time. So Anakin gets on his speeder bike, goes to which is dope. Yeah, he goes to the Tuscan village, which is something we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. We've only seen, you know, Tuscan dudes out in the dunes with their long guns going raiding, you know, raiding things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they do. Uh, he cuts a hole in one of their igloos. Uh, he finds his mother, who is quickly. Isn't that a Hogan, actually? <laughs> Oh, what? I think it's a Hogan, not an igloo. What? It's a Hogan little house. Oh, all right. It's a Hogan. Um, what is a wait? I want back like up. a Hulk Hogan. Boo! There was a lot of Hogan jokes you can make, <laughs> and you went with the easy one, like Hogan's Heroes. Yeah. All right. I, I think that's that. What that kind of tent is called? Actually. Oh, okay. It's, well, we learned something today. Certain Native American tribes lived in Hogans. Ah. Was, all right. So it's so a Tuscan he, Hogan. He put his he put his saber into the Hogan. <laughs> And then he slices slowly the sliced a hole in the side of the Hogan. Yeah. He goes in. There's his his mother strapped to some, what looks like a makeshift torture thing. It makes me wonder, what the fuck do the Tuscan Raiders want with her? In her last breaths, she's held by Annie, and she says all the right things. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. I'm so happy I get to see you. You've grown up. You're so strong. Blah, blah, blah. It, like, she basically says everything that you would think he'd want to hear. Yeah. And, and she, she sort of mutters, I love you, and then dies. Weirdest looking death scene ever. Like, it just looks goofy. And I don't know if that's so much that actress as... I didn't think she some, was a bad actress in the first one, so... No, no. I thought she was great. And uh, then he just goes... He goes apeshit. This is a very important scene. This is the start of his fall. Um, and as far as I know, this is the first time Anakin does something that you could say is truly morally apprehensible. 
in that he kills everyone in this village. Now, we don't need to get into what... We don't really know what the Tuscans are really like. No, but here's a few things, man. That I want to see that scene. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a bad... And no, I wasn't we shown... We need that scene. Like, oh, we, no, we saw... Oh, you're no, right, you're they, right. It, all, it cuts... It does the stupid side pan. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's you just wait for him to say, I killed everyone. Like, we know he killed everyone, but... I want to see that. I mean, if I have any kind of interest in the transgression of Anakin Skywalker, I would like to like you would want to show that right. because you're you're like sad about mm-hmm. it. You want to like Anakin Skywalker. He's you know he's the protagonist. He fell in love. Things are going, but he found his mom. Like all these things that are are supposed to make you really like this character somewhat, right? At least have like feelings for him you want to see him do something so wrong that it it like rips you in two and instead we're not given that we like all the deaths don't matter because you're not really following this person on an emotional journey it's not done right yeah it would have been i think way more impactful if instead of you're right he he slices into one of them and then it pans away if you had seen him Basically screaming his head off while he's cut. I mean, he cuts down the kids. Just marauder blood all over, like, in his mouth. Yeah. Between his toes. <laughs> you know? like what a weird detail. It's in the script. Blood between his toes. <laughs> uh, I, You know, honestly, maybe they didn't show this because Hayden Christensen couldn't do that. He couldn't pull maybe. it off. <laughs> Can you imagine him screaming? Well, Bob! I mean... <laughs> Yeah, so so that would have been yeah. You're right. The this this scene, which is very important, is shortchanged, and then he's back, and he's talking to Padme, and he says one of the stupidest lines imaginable, I think, or at least his delivery of it. You know, I killed all of. Them. We've joked about it on this on our show before, and actually, I remembered it. Him, I remembered the scene as him yelling it, but he doesn't. He just says it, but it's still awkward as shit. You know, not just the men, but the women and the children. I hate them. And this is like the only time you really see Hayden Christian Christian emote in this space in this movie. And it's all Obi Wan's fault. Yeah, yeah, he goes to weird places. What's weirder, I think, is that he didn't drink the blue milk. The- no, but when she comes down there, Padme's down there, and like watching in him, her fly ass gown, she never dresses down. No, the only time she dresses down is when she has to go fight in a prison gladiator. Yeah, and well, even that, I feel like like this is this is what queens wear to go fight stuff when they gladiator. Fight. When they gladiator. For people who don't remember the scene, they're they're underground. I'm assuming anyone listening to this probably didn't go back and watch the movie. Yeah. They're underground at the um, the water concentration camp. What is it called? <laughs> oh, my God. The water concentration What do they call it? It's a moisture farm. A moisture farm. <laughs> the water potato, concentration camp. Potato. Holy shit. <laughs> it makes sense. I know it does. All right. I know. I'm not, you know. <laughs> it's, whew, there's something there. Yeah. Anywho. Water concentration camp. He's, he starts off. Like, there would be a, condensation camp. Yes, condensation. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck that <laughs> up. Welcome to the condensation camp. That's what I meant to say. Water condensation camp. Anywho. We're not scientists. <laughs> no. Definitely not me. Uh, 
Uh, so they're underground and he's fixing something and like he does Annie and he's saying, you know, fixing stuff is so much easier. I'm so much better at fixing stuff. So it starts off. I'm not going to say strong, but it starts off with like something to run with. Yeah. Like the idea of fixing something after he just like slaughtered and killed a bunch of motherfuckers. Like after he's carried his mom's dead body back to, uh, do whatever burial, you know, in front of stepdad, blah, blah, blah. But like this, there's something there that you have a real opportunity for a very emotion, like emotion filled scene between Padme and Annie. And it is just missed by a hundred yards. There's nothing in this scene. And it's like, and it comes across as a little boy throwing a tantrum instead of like someone who just watched his mother die and then like and it, killed a bunch. He's, of- he's probably not. At any point else in the rest of the Star Wars movies, that level of like vulnerable. Yeah, exactly. Like he's well, going through I mean, so much other stuff. Than we we haven't gotten to Revenge of the Sith, but uh, other when he dies, he was vulnerable then. Right? <laughs> well, we'll we'll get into that later. He's Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader is not a typically vulnerable character. No. Yeah, except, safe to except say. inside his metal heart. Uh, but so, yeah, to build off what you're saying, yeah. um, there's so much potential for adult, semi-adult Anakin to grieve and to feel these raw emotions and to express himself in a somewhat sympathetic way. But he's just hurling blame at everyone Uh and you're kind of stuck like, okay, you want this character to be someone he's not. You want him to be more compelling because Darth Vader is like the best. You know, Darth, yeah. Darth Vader is like, to me, in American pop culture, Darth Vader is the best villain there is. I'm just not believing the Annie to Darth Vader right. transformation. That's, that's what I'm here. saying. This whole, this character does not come across as, how on earth does he become Vader? No. Uh it's not, yeah, but I don't know. You know, he's he's 20 years old. He's he's very much still a teenager. Um, You don't know all of what happens to take him from that to, you know, at the time of the original trilogy, Vader's like, what, in his late 40s, I guess? Um, something like that. Uh, There's a lot of time for him to turn into Darth Vader. A more seasoned villain. I guess one way you could read it is he is a broken, raw nerve little kid in an adult body. He is ripe for someone to influence negatively. And Palpatine is like, hey there, kid, I'm going to gaslight the shit out of you. Yeah. So after that horrible scene um, in which they... You know, I, I think we're supposed to take away from it that Padme and Annie, they opened up to each other. They're close to each other because of it. But anyway, C-3PO shows up. Oh, God. That's another big mistake, I think, of the prequel trilogy is just is even having not quite as much R2, but definitely C-3PO. The fact that he was created by Anakin... So I mean, weird. It brings up a giant plot hole with the, you know, like Obi-Wan saying in A New Hope, which I've already talked about, you know, I don't recall ever owning a droid. You would think, unless something happened that <laughs> like they haven't addressed, 
Yeah. <laughs> he's not even that old. He's he, he when he dies, he's 59 years old. I, I read that mm-hmm. on Wikipedia. So let's just say that living on Tatooine is hard on your body. Probably by that. Yeah. Um but C3PO ought to go, "Master Kenobi, what on earth are you talking about?" Yeah. So Obi-Wan is on that bug planet. Geonosis. Geonosis. And he is broadcasting some stuff, but can't broadcast it to Homeworld. Coruscant. Coruscant, thank you, because I wouldn't do this. And what is he, when he gets his his droid, R4, to, uh, to, you know, boost the signal and send it via Anakin, he says something like, send it courtesy of the old folks home or something like that. He says something that sounds really weird, and I can't quite catch it i, I have no clue what you're talking anyway about. it's i don't know someone could tell us if we have any kind of comments by which i don't think we do i turn them off because it's usually like the comments that i get on our podcast are from people who like say that like you have sexy voice right, yeah. email me here at bum bum at poopshoot.com or something like that my favorite email address is bum bum dot poopshoot yeah at but, poopshoot so he's like, oh, and he isn't on Naboo. I wonder where he is. Let's look. Oh, he's on Moisture Farm land. <laughs> he's on Tashoon. Um, so he's on Tatooine. And so then... With the Jawas. With the Jawas. And with the Jawas, boy. Brah! He asks him to, like, retweet the message... <laughs> To back to croissant and whoa! I want you just get, just get really high and just record an hour in which you explain all of Star Wars. So he retweets the message that's from Bugland to croissant, and then we going to Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, and then Samuel L. Jackson is like, "There's snakes on these planes." <laughs> I don't know, but anyways, I'm what tired is the of midichlorians on this motherfucking planet. But what is happening? What is the message all about again? Uh, he's like, hey, we've got like a clone army. Do you guys know anything about that? <laughs> That's basically, and they okay. go, uh, nope. And then Yoda and uh, Mace Windu were like, we may have some problems with so, our cognition. So Yoda goes to pick up all of the clone. <laughs> yeah. I love the idea of him showing up and they're like, um, okay. <laughs> Yeah, he seems to know what he's doing. Give me crunch wheel. All the clones you have. So, Yoda goes there. Samuel L. Jackson's like, hey, Annie, are you okay? Oh, Jesus Christ. Are you okay, Annie? And he's like, yeah, I'm okay. And he's like, all right, stay there. You've been struck by a smooth politician. You just don't know it yet. And and Annie is like, okay, I'll stay here and take care of um, Padme. And then yeah, right. end transmission, Padme is like, he told you to stay here, but that doesn't mean I need to stay here or yeah. something She's like, like he told you to protect me. He didn't tell me shit, and they can't order me around anyway. I'm going to Geonosis to save Obi-Wan because he's been captured. Yep. So now... Oh, can we actually stop? Because I want to talk a little bit about how um, Jar Jar fucked everything up. Uh, Jar Jar got manipulated into giving, uh, basically some kind of dictator style. He gives emergency powers to the chancellor and the chancellor keeps him forever. Yeah. It's, it's totally, it's, it's like what happened in the civil war where, uh, Abraham Lincoln suspended habeas corpus and, you know, kind of introduced martial law, except that Abraham Lincoln wasn't 
Palpatine. What is Palpatine's first name? It's like Abraham. <laughs> yeah, oddly <laughs> enough, it's like it's like it's like Sando. I don't know. I have to look that up. You got me on that one. It's Malpatine. Sheev. I knew it was something with an S. Yeah, oh, sounds Sheev. trustworthy. It's Steve Palpatine. Uh, <laughs> his his first name is S H E E V. Sheev. Hi, Sheev. Sheev. Yeah, Sheev Palpatine is his He's name. He's such a Sheev. No wonder he became so evil. Yeah, really? What a Sheev. So Palpatine becomes dictator Palpatine Sheev. because Jar Jar got socially manipulated into doing the vote. Annie and Padme go to Exogenius. <laughs> they go to Genesis to save Obi-Wan. Which is a neat um, planet that is basically um, from made from like PlayStation 1 video games, I'm pretty sure. This whole scene, by the way, was post-production. Like, they added this in after the fact. The whole, like, um, factory hijinks yeah on a conveyor belt yeah because it looks like a playstation video game yeah it's i it's a platform puzzle that's a weird it really is yeah that's a weird trope in action movies of the conveyor belt (laughs) yeah yeah, totally (laughs) it's it's totally a thing of of trying to get through machines that are trying to kill you because they're building something but there are a few there's a few things i actually liked about that scene even though it was really bad i actually really liked c3po in it yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah with the head being put on another they're called droids right what are those um, things called? What are just battle droids? Battle droids, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's like, "Oh, what's going on? Machines making machines." Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Like he falls on that one thing, and it's a big ass droid, and it just goes, oh, "You're disgusting." It doesn't say that, but it throws him. <laughs> um, he says something funny. C three PO says, "My goodness, shut me down." Uh, yeah, <laughs> machines I, making machines. I I remember seeing that, and I I feel like Dave has used that exclamation a couple times. Oh, yeah. Well, shut me down. I really like that. <laughs> it was like great. A, well, shut me down. Yeah. The whole idea that droids have their own nomenclature, like, yeah. it's so weird. But it's also weird that R2 is like, it's like R2 doesn't give a fuck what happens to C-3PO. I feel like they have an abusive relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Where R2 Aww. runs the show, and C-3PO is his hapless would-be buddy who talks shit. You have to assume R2 is talking a lot of shit to C-3PO, yep. but it's all whistles. Annie and Padme get captured Yes. So they, uh, okay, and yeah, they get captured. Um, Obi Wan had already gotten captured, which we didn't say anything about, right? Obi Wan and uh, Obi Wan got captured doing something that doesn't matter. Well, but what does matter is we're now introduced to Count Dooku. Yep, Count Dooku, which, which before is a stupid name, which before <laughs> this movie, if you asked me if I wanted to count Dooku's. <laughs> I would say no, thank you, sir. I would say no, thank you, sir. I would be on my way. Yes, <laughs> Count Dooku. They really should have just used his Sith name. I mean, I know that. Okay, What's the Sith name? He's Darth Tyrannus. See, that sounds yeah, awesome. Way more badass. That's got one. Of, he's and his whole story. His story gets fleshed out way more in the Clone Wars too. Yeah, he's the first Jedi to use lightning out of his hands, which is pretty amazing. Oh, I didn't know that. I made that up. I just saw that oh, he had lightning coming in his hands. Well, he, you, yeah, chronologically, you see him do it first. So. He was a Jedi. You know, I guess, well, this is our sidebar to explain Count Dooku. He was a Jedi. He was trained by Yoda. He was Yoda's Padawan. One of you would have to assume many. But he was then Qui-Gon Jinn's master. And he had a very unconventional uh, way of forcing, of worshiping the Force. I don't know. And that influenced Qui-Gon Jinn. And, and you hear mentions sometimes about Qui-Gon Jinn being a very big 
follower of the living force, which is like a, there are different aspects of the force. There's the living force and the cosmic force. And they never talk about this stuff in the movies. They just mention it offhand. Um, so basically, Dooku, Qui-Gon Jinn are kind of an offshoot of the Jedi at a time when the Jedi are super dogmatic. So this is another example where there are real arguments to be had against the way the Jedi do things. And the movie doesn't address those to a fault, I think, because that could be a really compelling part of the story. Um, Dooku is one of those uh, sort of devil's advocate Jedi. He ends up leaving the Jedi Order, and at some point he meets Darth Darth, uh, Sidious slash Palpatine and becomes his Sith apprentice. So he's a super old apprentice. Um, Anyway, so that's his kind of backstory. Other important piece of information is that after um, Sifo Diaz or whatever is killed, Darth Tyrannus and Darth Sidious take over this whole cloning operation and they introduce something that we'll get to in Revenge of the Sith called Order 66. Um, It's very important. Uh, So this is this guy. He is also, he is the face kind of, of the separatist movement. Uh, The Nemoidians were the ones you really saw in episode one and they suck. (laughs) Um, So, well, but they, they were also, I think it's important to, um, characterize the separatists as sort of this confederation of um, business interests. And they, they're sort of uh, representative of the military industrial complex in the Republic, but the Senate has become too um, uh, slow. Yeah. They, yeah. they, they don't uh, favor them enough and favor the markets enough. So the separatists are not only the Nemoidians who are the trade federation, they're sort right. of shipping lanes and things. Um, and the droid army that they employ, but also the banking guilds, the and, techno union. Yes. Oh, the stupidest. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got oh. his, he has a head that looks like a tooth. Yeah. I, I wrote down that. <laughs> techno, techno union, union question this. mark. Right. It's Why? like, yeah, <laughs> they're ravers. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just that guy from, um, I can't remember their name now with the weird hair, uh, Smack my or change my pitch up. Oh, prodigy, one. prodigy, that guy. If he was the head of the techno union, yeah. that'd be way better. Well, anyway, the only reason I bring this up is because I think there's an interesting sort of political thing going on here that doesn't get a whole lot of service in the movie, but knowing this kind of makes it more interesting. Or you think there's so much miss in like the politics of these movies that it's amazing that the interesting mm-hmm. stuff that is political isn't really. Well, it's hardly there. there. Right. And then the force stuff is hardly there. And we're left with like this skeleton of a, of a movie that has all of this information, but not the information that's pertinent to the plot. Right. And th- yeah. I think the, the sort of argument I'm making is there is, or the overall argument is there is a very interesting story here with way more nuance than the original trilogy, which is all the plucky rebels against the, xenophobic autocratic empire. That's a very simple story. And he told it very well. This was a much more nuanced story that he told pretty badly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let me fast forward through the most entertaining part, but I don't <laughs> think 
that we really need to talk about it. So because it's a big action scene. Because it's a big action scene. So, so we have in a gladiator style um, execution some giant evil bug things that are going to be killing Obi Wan, Padme, and Annie. Um, I read all their names and I can't remember them now. The one that attacks Obi Wan, the the biggest like it basically George Lucas said to one of the designers. Combine a Velociraptor with a praying mantis, and they got that thing, which I think is pretty rad. Yeah, it's a sweet monster. Yeah, all three of them, I think, are They're, well. The one, the rhino one, is maybe just whatever, but uh, the <laughs> worst monster in the, the scene. like tiger mm-hmm. lizard thing, eight eyed cat. Yeah, which yeah. they just called. I think they just called it the bad kitty. It had a name, <laughs> like it's called like a merv or something. Uh, they all have very, like monosyllabic names. Yeah, everything about this scene is awesome. I'm not gonna. I'm not taking anything away from it. Um, well. Except for when Obi Wan is like, what is he? He has like a one liner that's really stupid because Annie and uh, Padme, and he was like, "Well, I came to rescue you." And he's like, "Good job." He said, <laughs> "Oh yeah, he's stupid. yeah." It's you know, Anakin is a handful, but Obi Wan is also a dick. To yeah, me. I wrote down here, and I could show you. It can to tell you. that they've had a ten year marriage that's frustrating. Look, right as hell. there, I wrote down Obi Wan is a dick sometimes. Yeah. Like, that's my note <laughs> for that scene. Obi Wan, like, I feel like I get told sometimes by my friends that I can be condescending. I feel like it's the way Obi Wan comes off to Anakin sometimes. He's like, "Oh, good job." I mean, yes, it's. Biting. Oh wait! <laughs> also, um, Padme made me puke a little when she when she's like, they think that Annie and Padme think they're just going to get shot or something and not be in a glut, and then Padme turns to uh, Annie and says, "I'm afraid to die. I've been dying a little more each day after you've come back, or something yeah, like that." It, yeah, she says something like, "Yeah, ever since you came back into my life, I've been." D-. And I'm like, "Since when?" It didn't seem like it was that big a thing. <laughs> Basically, that whole dumb romp on Naboo is supposed to condense a lot of bonding into scenes we don't want to watch because they're not <laughs> done well. Yeah. So yeah, now she has these strong feelings for him. They think they're going to die. So it's one of those, you know, like the plane's crashing and you say what you really think. Um, Apocalypse Now, Yoda comes in with like a bunch <laughs> of storm. Well, but no, first, first the Jedi show up. This, there's a three layer. Oh, that's thing. right. And, okay. And this scene, this is the scene that maybe pisses me off the most, as ridiculous as that sounds, because there's so many bad moments. Okay. Mace Windu shows up, thinks he's got the. Well, okay. Mace Windu shows up and says something badass. And then Count Dooku's like, we've got an army. Who the fuck have you have? And then all the Jedi show up. And this is the first time that you see the Jedi on Maz, or whatever that phrase is. How do you say that? In mass. Is it? In, well, all right. That's in mass. I generally say it. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> They're like fighting. They like, all show up to. It's pretty badass. Ta- yeah. But it looks terrible. It does, yeah. It's all great. It's so. Oh, God. The Jedi all look like they just got some random people off the street, put a little bit of makeup on them, and put them in front of a green screen and said, flip around a little. And they 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 jump out of nowhere, and each Jedi is like, secure the perimeter, and is just waving their hands around. It looks so stupid. It looks like something from this <laughs> B-movie. Yeah, and I'm like, man, you dropped the ball here. It's still cool. This is the first time we've ever seen a bunch of Jedis together, like, fighting. I know, and it would have been great if it didn't suck. Yeah. So then Apocalypse Now Yoda shows up with a bunch of... Well, you see, but okay, they have a big fight. <clears throat> Mostly, the only memorable thing, really, to me is that C-3PO's head is on a droid's, uh, a battle droid's body. And he's going, oh, dear. Um, and then 
the Jedi, somehow a ton of Jedi get killed by these whack battle droids. And that's one thing that maybe we could address right here is why are most Jedi so they like, they don't really put up that much of a fight. A lot of times, most of this is in revenge of the Sith. So we'll get to it later, but these Jedi aren't that impressive and they get basically beaten by the droids because there's a shit ton of them. And so they're backed into a corner. I think they, they somehow they like Kiati Mundi just gets like kicked into the ring of all the other Jedi. And he's like, whoops, I don't know where my lightsaber is. Um, Kiati Mundi is the one with the tall head. He's got like a cone head. Got it. Um, and Plo Koon, one of my favorites. Plo. He's <laughs> Plo Koon is probably the grossest alien. He has a mask on, so you can't really see his face, but you probably don't want to because he doesn't breathe oxygen. Anyway, they're all cornered. And then Apocalypse Now Yoda version <laughs> happens, which I, I liked this Yeah, little bit. it was kind of neat. And the like kind of pre-Stormtrooper... Yeah, the clone troopers. Yeah, clone troopers. This is and okay, yeah, this is the first time you see them. It's the first time you see a proto star destroyer. Mm-hmm. This is the first time you see the Republic's new army, and the separatists ha- don't see it coming at all. They have no knowledge of this, which tells you clearly, or well, it doesn't tell you clearly, but what you can glean from this is that Count Dooku has been playing the separatists as well as the Republic. Yeah, because he and Sidious have been the ones orchestrating mm-hmm. the whole they wanted to make this happen thing yeah so the, yeah the whole the whole thing gets kind of revealed like what Darth Sidious and Darth the manufactured crisis right they they are creating a war to weaken the republic so that the sith can take over the galaxy okay and it's all coming to a head right here yep and i want to speed through the that whole fight because i don't think anything really matters some things happen that are neat it looks cool it looks yeah. cool yeah. so let's fast forward to um the dooku fight all right. So it yeah. doesn't matter where, but Dooku is fighting. Somebody's about to lose an arm. Obi-Wan <laughs> and also Annie. And then after that. And Yoda. of course, Anakin does the most, you know, hold on, Anakin. We'll take them. To, we'll take him together. And Anakin goes, fuck that. It just jumps into the fight. And then he's, he's such a side. Yeah. So yeah. forcing Obi-Wan to take Dooku on. And he does an OK job. But Dooku. I love the phrase. Obi Wan to take Dooku on. It sounds yeah. like <laughs> Obi Wan to know. take Dooku Dooku on. It fails. He sells. She sells. So she sure. Yeah. Um, and then you know he it looks like Dooku sliced some legs and arms up well, on Obi Wan. He, he cut, well, yeah, he beat him up, but he cut off Anakin's arm. But then and yeah. like immediately cauterized the wound because there's no blood at all yeah. in that scene. Well, when you get your yeah. arm chopped off by a lightsaber, I guess it does. It, you know, except in A New Hope. Right. I was going to say, unless you're Ponda Baba and there's blood all over the place. Maybe they have different types of blood that yeah. doesn't cauterize doesn't at the same temperature like... or something. Yeah. Yoda comes in and fights Dooku, and that's kind of neat. Okay, that scene. When I saw it in the theater, I loved it, and I still kind of love it. But it, it, I think it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And they, they, there was foreshadowing for it when, you know, when Obi-Wan in the beginning of the movie says, You think you rival Master Yoda as a swordsman. Only in your dreams. So it sets up the idea that Yoda really knows how to use a lightsaber, which we've never seen. We only see Yoda walking around feebly with his cane, with his cane in a swamp, which <laughs> apparently this scene just shows that's all for show or something. Cause Yoda is a gymnast and has a little lightsaber and is a badass. What kind of sucks is he doesn't really do 
Like he doesn't win. He doesn't beat Dooku. But the only reason he doesn't beat him is because Dooku is like, I'm going to kill your boys. Yeah, basically. So that way, you know, I don't know. He I, takes the coward's way out. And then, I don't know. The whole Yoda thing is difficult because you want Yoda to be badass. But at the same time, he's been feeble and he's supposed to be like, you know, an old man. But at the same time, he's not walking around in this movie. He's on like a little Pope mobile. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I think it just, yeah, he's got a Yoda mobile. Well, here's the way that I always thought about this uh, sort of reconciled the Yoda being spry uh, thing. <laughs> spry is like not doing it justice, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I I have to figure it takes intense focus for him to be able to do this. Right. That, yeah. And that's like, he goes into like kata mode. Like it's I am probably a, it's a, it's a little bit of a tell about what Yoda was like in his prime. Right. Cause he's an old man. Yeah. And because he's always considered, he is the most powerful force being Wielder. except for Anakin, presumably. Um, or well, Anakin has the potential to outdo him. But yeah, we only ever see Yoda as old Yoda. Makes me wonder what the hell he looked like at 200. The, you know, the final scene is um, Anakin and Padme get married. Yep. And a, then also we find out that uh, Palpatine. Right. Is, well, you don't actually, I mean, you know it, but you don't see it yet that Sidious and Palpatine are the same person. Oh, you don't? No, but it's it's, it's understood. It's understood. So the, you kind of know with the, the, when the, what's, What's Palpatine's other name? Sith Lord guy? Is Darth that, Sidious. Dar, so Darth Sidious handshakes the Dooku. And, and the Dooku <laughs> is like... handshakes the Dooku. The Dooku is like, yeah, we played them, dog, right? And, <laughs> and they're they both like, five. we are old as shit. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, Annie gets married. Who's the last name? What? Does she take his last name? Uh, I don't Padme think they Skywalker. specifically say that, but... The is kids it? are both named. Well, I mean, you know, whatever. Amidala Skywalker hyphenated. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. It's difficult. Amidala Skywalker. Amidala Walker. Amidala Walker. <laughs> anyway, so and, that's you know, the last not, scene. And you're not supposed to get married, you know, when you're a Jedi, right? Right. This is right. all. They do this in secret. Yeah. So it's over. Ugh. <laughs> so you hated it. Yeah, man. Most people hate it. How many it. Star Wars do you give this? Is that what we? I, for, I always forget what we. Star Warsies. The Star Wars. Five out of five Star Warses. How many Star Warses do you get at five out of five? Being, I believe we rated Empire Strikes Back. That was a five. A five, and we rated collectively. What did we rate? Phantom Menace. Collectively, fan. I gave it a one, and I'm the only one who gave it a one. What and now I, I understand. Was I even here? Yeah. I don't remember that episode at all. Yeah, it's always been me, you, and Dave, except for this one yeah. for all Star Wars. Okay. Um. And Phantom Menace is the lowest at like a 2.5, I think, is what the average was. Oh, okay. I gave it a 1, and then you gave it like a 2.5, and and Dave gave it a 3, maybe? Really? I don't remember. Wow. That's generous. That's super generous. I think it ended up being like an average of 2 or 2.5. I'll say this. I remember the last time we recorded an episode, I said, when we were talking about, you know, we're going to do Attack of the Clones. I call it the worst one. I hadn't watched it in years. I now think it is much better than The Phantom Menace. Well, they're very different. Oh, I think it's way better than The Phantom Menace, personally. And granted, I haven't watched Phantom Menace in a while either. Go back but, and watch it, because yeah. the only thing I can remember from The Phantom Menace that I liked was the... Um, the pod race? The pod race. Pod race is cool. There's a lot of good action in it. But, it's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's a self-contained story that you hardly need. I feel it's like. the origin story that I never want to see. 
Yeah, like, like most origins. Here's yeah. my takeaway from this movie. If you would have given me the Obi-Wan story the way it is and just would have given me less but make it more believable, the love story, I would have thought this movie would be okay. Not great, not bad, but like, yeah, it was, you know, it was good. It was a good Star Wars flick. To me, I have to give this equal ground to <laughs> to Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace being a one Star Wars. Wow. How would you compare? Okay, here's my question for you since I, I kind of knew you were going to hate it, or I thought you were going to hate it. <laughs> would you rather watch this or Suicide Squad? Okay, just having to think about it. I would watch Attack of the Clones. I would rather watch Attack of the Clones ten times in a row than watch Suicide Squad one more time. Man, Suicide Squad wasn't even a movie. Right. It was just it like was a, just it was a music video it was for three hours wow. with no music. Academy Award winner Suicide Squad. I would rather watch all Meatloaf music videos on repeat than watch yeah. either of these ever. Well, that's, and it would I mean, be more of a plot than both of these films. <laughs> Certainly more room for interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> No, well, what I was going to say is, I think it's important to step back because, um, Blake, you're coming from this without being steeped in that love for Star Wars. And yeah, the world. yeah, totally. And you, you did say the, the credit that you gave it was the world building was great. Yeah. Um, and to me, I think that's really where the payoff is in this movie is I don't really care about like the characters and the relationships they have in this movie as much as I love seeing like the old Republic operating and the dawn of the clone army and as amos pointed out the debut of these you know republic cruisers that are sort of the proto star destroyer and it was fan service in a way that i loved it and in a way that like the newest star wars um not uh not force awakens but uh yes the force awakens i thought was a little heavy-handed with some of the fan service in this one they nailed the fan service in most of the cases for me so Stepping back and, you know, how many Star Wars am I going to give it? I'd give it, I think it's a three. I think it's about par for the course of the prequels. Um, But I think all of the um, original trilogy are a little bit better than that to me. Would you consider the Empire of the prequels? Uh, no, absolutely not. Oh, yeah. In fact, I, I really like Revenge of the Sith. Like, I, I genuinely So is Revenge like of the movie. Sith much better? Um, it's better. It, okay. it suffers from it's a lot way of more the same issues, but not nearly as badly. No, because um, as I told you guys, I don't know if I mentioned on this, I had thought that I'd seen this movie before Attack of the Clones, <laughs> but I had not. Yeah, I had seen the very beginning of this movie and the very end, uh-huh. but I but I had never seen what came in the middle, and okay. I don't know if that's because I either fell asleep or I like <laughs> purposely forgot it. So, do you think you've seen Revenge of the Sith all the way through? I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll I definitely there. saw Phantom Menace in the theater, and yeah. I did not see this because how I old didn't were you like, when the, it came out? I was in high school. I think I was in high school, so I, I was fourteen. So I was, you were like uh, I was a senior yeah. in high school. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so we've got one and we've got three. It's interesting what you say about the world building, and um, well, that was what you said, but the fan service regarding. Uh, the proto empire and how the old Republic works. It, what it makes me think of, and I know that you're maybe more of a Trek guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Is you're coming to star Wars with the sort of star Trek mindset. Like what I love about star Trek is the politics. Absolutely. Is the 
how the Federation works, yeah. how all these alien species work together. Because there isn't a central character. Yeah. Um, and I, I totally get that. And that is the story that could have been told here and been really compelling because it is way more nuanced than the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. But it, it's like, and we've talked about this a couple times, they had a great... George Lucas had a great uh, thing to work with. He had a lot of meat to this, but he just put shitty dressing on it. He I guess. played up all the wrong flavors. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Whereas The Force Awakens is kind of the opposite. The Force Awakens is super polished. Everyone loved it. It was well acted, great script. But what the fuck is going on? It's this weird proxy war. We haven't gotten to it, so mm. maybe I'm sort of jumping ahead. You saw it, though. I mean, it only came out so long ago. Probably. I'll let you know after you watch it. <laughs> okay, well, I won't I won't like delve into it too much, but when you watch The Force Awakens, you're like, wait, who are the good guys and the bad guys? Who what is going on here? But that's not I feel like the average viewer doesn't really yeah. care that much. It's look at this well done thing. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of flash. It's a I think it's a really good movie, but it is more style than substance and Attack of the Clones, and maybe to a lesser degree, Revenge of the Sith, has more potential substance. Missed the mark. And he, yeah, he just told mm-hmm. the wrong story. He had... I agree. He had a, he had what could have been a great story, and just emphasized the wrong things, and didn't didn't do enough exposition on great stuff. Well, and I don't... A number. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I'm going to say two and a half. Okay. I think that's fair. Well, and... I don't want to belabor the, all of the things that they've done wrong here. Um, but something that Amos and I often talk about as being fans of science fiction um, is the difference between often the difference between good science fiction and bad science fiction is that bad science fiction may build this awesome world and have a lot of compelling pieces and interesting species and fascinating technology, but they forget that they still have to tell a human interest story. And, Attack of the Clones is like caught up in trying to tell this human interest story when maybe they didn't really need to tell much of one there. Um, they they have to to sort of carry it along and like bring the be compelling to audiences. But I feel like all of the things that we've been pointing out of you know th- uh, themes that they should have explored more. Um, they're mostly about this world, and I always thought that the prequels were actually more about just kind of filling in this backstory and less about telling interesting character stories. Yeah. And that would make it more acceptable of a movie to watch. Yeah. Like maybe I'm just rationalizing. <laughs> yeah. You might be rationalizing, but you'd have to care a whole lot about star Wars to like these movies. I think, I don't Absolutely. think you can watch yeah. it as a yeah. movie. You can't watch it as a sci-fi fan. Who's not a Star Wars fan. Sure. You know, like you can't say someone, oh, like you liked Brazil and you liked, um, <laughs> you're going to love Attack of the And Clones. you liked Farscape. <laughs> you're going to really, really like, yeah. you liked Attack Brazil the and Farscape. You know? Yeah. True. Amos. Yes. Thanks. Thanks for showing up. What? Thanks for talking about Star Wars with us. I got to show up most of the time. Thank you for bringing your cousin. Yeah. Mike. It's been awesome. I, I could talk ad nauseum about Star Wars. Good. We'll have you back and do some more Star Wars speak. Love to. Star Wars speak with Mike and Amos. Mike Amos. Um, Jabba Nobada. All right. Let's um, say goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, uh, for everyone listening, I have no clue what we're doing next week, but it'll probably be about comics. So 
Usually at the end of every episode, I say, read a fucking comic. But instead, I'm going to tell you to star of fucking wars. <laughs> Until next week. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Thanks, man.